Yo, what's up? Welcome to Boss Podcast, where we're big on saving souls. We are on episode three, and y'all, I'm excited, man. P. Fool here. Got my host, Timmy B. What's up, Tim? What's up, P. Fool? How was your week? It was good, man. Yeah. Did a lot of uh, out-of-town work, and yeah, man. You went to the to the state or the town of Champs. <laughs> uh, you went to Oakland in the Bay Area, where the Warriors used to be. Now we're in San Francisco, but Champs. Yeah. I went out there to Oakland. We did a little... Little job for Tesla and stuff like that. Yeah, if y'all if y'all don't remember, Tim does uh, lighting. He, <laughs> he does. He, what, did, what did I say? He brings light and he fixes lights and he is the light because Jesus lives in him. In Jesus' name, I'm about to <laughs> preach. You had a good week though. You did some for Tesla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saw a lot of champs out there. Or what? <laughs> a lot of Warrior fans. Not, not where I was at, but. Where were you at? In the- <laughs> we were in a little bit of the hood, but it's all good. Hey, I know. I know how to. Hold myself, you know. <laughs> you know, taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I just know how to stay away from the wrong people. You know, that's why I'm a runner. <laughs> oh, that's right. Tim used to run from the cops and hop over fences. <laughs> he could do it all. Jesus no. name. Nah, that's good, Tim. I, I just got back from Hawaii. Um, oh yeah, that's why I'm wearing these. Oh yeah, Tim got the what are these? Kui kui nuts. Say, um, say that again. Kui kui nuts. Okay. Yeah, it's just a nice way they show aloha. In Hawaii, I came back. Uh, Miranda picked us up from the airport, and I over there they talk different. <laughs> I was like, I went to, so at the airport, I was like, Hey, uh, we had a on our way back, I was like, Hey, we need to go eat somewhere in the airport. Is there a place to go? California Pizza Kitchen, I heard is here. And he goes, Yeah, brother, you go down, you hook one left, <laughs> you keep going, bro. And today was no more, then you keep going, bro. Brother, it's right there. <laughs> I was like, Bro, you could have said this like a whole different way. And so I had just had ever since then, I was like, Hey, what's up, brother? They always do the hang loose yeah. sign and all of that. Uh, man, but Hawaii was great, man. I enjoyed it. A lot of hospitality and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, a lot That's of, cool. uh, they say aloha. Um, but Do they also, see you and like expect you to talk the same way? No, they most of them know. Like that's the crazy thing. So I went <laughs> with my in laws too, and uh, they're white, of course. <laughs> but I go and uh, a lot of them, like especially Polynesians or Samoans, we were waiting at a restaurant. A whole bunch of people out there it was like a nice uh, little restaurant, and the guy comes out. He was dumping the trash. Like he's the one who picks up the trash, yeah. dumps it in his truck, and drives off. He sees everybody else. He's all like telling everyone else get out the way. He comes to me and he goes, Samoan. I was like, yeah. He goes, Malo, Malo. <laughs> and then he was like, uh, he was like, all right, Oose. And then even the other places, they always say what's up to me and they just let the yeah. white people walk away. <laughs> but it's like they they know like I'm Polynesian. So yeah. it's like that Polynesian love that we have for each other. And uh, it was cool, man. I love Hawaii. We went to uh, PCC, Polynesian Culture Center. Okay, That's where I saw we got that. those from. Yeah, and that thing was dope. So you got to learn more about the islands and uh, Tonga, Fiji, um, Tahiti, yeah. Samoa, New Zealand. And so that's where they did the haka and all of that stuff, man. <laughs> it was dope, man. The best thing I felt like I can get for, or I got from that, besides all the videos y'all saw that I was mm-hmm. promoting boss, <laughs> but uh, that I was just in rest, man, peace and rest. And I shared a video on my first day there. And it's because I heard Pastor Mike say that you can't stop trying to work all this stuff and mm-hmm. then rest, but work from a place of rest. And like that day, for some reason, I just literally like it became like a revelation to me. Like I need to just chill. Yeah. Be out here and relax. And I feel like it's a little easier to rest than when you're at somewhere like beautiful, you know, where yeah. like I think there's a psalm that says like 
the pretty much like the land or the skies they they scream out you know they cry out yeah. you know and pretty like much his glory you know yeah. so i can only imagine like the sunsets and stuff like that brought a lot more peace where you're like able to rest yeah i felt like i think that's like to me it's true i always felt like every time i was like around the water and could hear the waves and all that mm-hmm. i felt like is when i heard god the clearest yeah like when i first became a pastor or like took the job I heard God say, no, you need to go to Fresno at the at the beach in San Francisco. Now, it wasn't a beautiful beach like it was in Hawaii, yeah. but I heard the ocean waves hitting. And so, like, even there in Hawaii, I felt like I got certain words. Um, mm. Either it was for uh, ministry, it was for me and my family, it was for uh, just certain sermons. Like, things would just come so natural just because I was at rest. Yeah, And it was, man. The island was beautiful. The people, the food was good. Um, as you can tell, I got dark. <laughs> Everyone was like, man, you got dark, man. I was so uh, just enjoying the sun every day. Yeah, I did do something on my bucket list, though. What'd you do? Snorkeling. Oh. Yeah, and I can't. If you know me, I'm not like a big swimmer or I don't <laughs> like deep waters. But, bro, I did it, and I actually did it twice. The first time, I didn't go, like, because they like, hey, we're going to go to the middle of the ocean, and you're going to hop out. You're going to get around the boat and kind of get used to it. And then we're going to take the whole group and we're going to swim all the way in the middle over there. And I was like, bro, that's a far (laughs) swim. I'm not doing that. And so I I did the first part. I just got out and I looked around the fish and all of that and stayed there. Um, (laughs) And so I'll share a funny story like later. (laughs) But uh, something that happened there that was funny, but I was freaking out and it was scared. And so, but I snorkeled, man. I was on my bucket list. So how's, how's the water not your thing? You didn't grow up, like, getting in the ocean or anything like that? No, not really. I stayed. I was in the city most of the time. And then I grew up in Oklahoma where you ride horses to school. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was literally country. So I'm a, I'm a, like, city country boy, if you it, can say. It's in your DNA, though. Yeah. Why? Because you watch them on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The funny thing is everyone we would go, they are like, hey, you seen the movie Moana? I was like, bro, you guys are racist. If we go camping, you expect me to start the fire, right? And dance around it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's just like, I don't know. I just yeah. don't like water. But they expect it, you know. Just like we expect Mexicans watch Coco. <laughs> they know what Coco is or um, just different things, man. But I enjoyed it. Hawaii was beautiful. I rested. Uh, just got back. I got to go back to work. Yeah. Tomorrow, unless God tells me to call in sick. <laughs> no, just like, don't call in sick. Um, nah, but it was just good, man. A good time. Um, I was excited because boss, you know, is launching. And yeah, here we are week three. And this is amazing. Uh, you excited for it? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about today's topic, too. Yeah, today's going to be. I feel like it's one that's like hard to talk about or hard to listen. Yeah. To. Because some people would think we're being judgmental, maybe, mm-hmm. or some people think that it's, they think differently about this topic, and so I'm excited about it. Yeah, um, and for me, it's something like personally I've dealt with and stuff like that, and you've kind of dealt with in the yeah. past. So um, it's gonna be exciting, yeah. but also you're gonna be walking that line, you know? Yeah. Of, <laughs> like you said, judgment and also kind of saying what the word says. Yeah. So. And someone asked me, like, are you nervous to talk about those things? Like, I'm not really nervous to get, like, negative feedback or any of that because I'm just, like I said, I don't know everything. 
I don't yeah. claim to know everything. You might have a different opinion on it. That's cool. What we're just trying to do is create a platform for us to think about certain things that maybe the church doesn't talk about. Yeah. Or we don't, the church doesn't get deep into. Yeah. And so um, today <clears throat> we're going to talk about alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Because you were a pothead. No, <laughs> it came to uh, my attention that Tim was a pothead. No, I'm just playing. No, but this is like a, a topic that uh, I feel like needs to be shared. I'm going to share this story okay. on how this topic came up. And we talked a little bit before we went on um, live. But I, I want us to kind of talk about it because I think it's something. I've shared this with you before. I think it's one of the tools that the enemy lets the or is keeping in the church yeah, to cause division so that there's no unity. Yeah. And I think if it's like, he will let this thing linger around in certain people in the church so that we just don't come together as one to become strong, I guess per se. So this topic comes cause um, before I actually was the pastor of this church, I was helping uh, my in-laws who pastor a church in Colorado um, God told us, Hey, it was time to step away from that ministry. So we stepped away from the ministry during that time. We were searching for a church and I found this church that I was like, cool. I actually kind of like this church. You know, it's pretty dope. Brittany liked the church. So we kept going. So mm -hmm. I said, Hey, let's go and like try to get involved now. Yeah. And it was a fairly big church. It's a really big church. And so we go there, we started, uh, I started getting involved and like trying to get involved. I went to the couple of leadership things. And the pastor there was kind of like almost like tiptoeing around the subject of let's have a drink. Yeah. But like I couldn't tell if he was joking or if he was serious. And so I was like, that's a little weird, you know, like it was like you're making too many of those jokes like you do it often, you know. And so I was like, you know, what? let's just forget about it. No one's perfect. We're all just do our thing, you know. And so I go back to the next one. And right after that, he was like, hey, uh, Let's all go to the bar. The, the, the meeting's over already. Let's just go to the bar across the street. To minister. Yeah, to minister, I guess. <laughs> well, no, that's what I thought. I even asked. And so he was like, let's just go have a few drinks. Oh, wow. And, like, all the guys were like, all right, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, bro, is this a prank? Or, like, I'm looking around. <laughs> and it was like, testing is you. Ashton Kutcher here? <laughs> like, what is going on? And I'm sitting here. And so I ended up going in the car, and I sat in the car just to see what they really were going to do. And they literally went across and started drinking. And I'm like. Wait, those are pastors and leaders in the church Yeah, that thought that was okay. And then I come to find out, like, in Colorado, they would use, like, certain small groups. There was a small group called Men on Tap. <laughs> yeah, <there's literally laughs> Men on Tap. Like, hey, Men on Tap is this Monday. And I'm like, bro, what is that? Like, you're going to tap dance? Or, like, I'm over here trying to, you know, they're like, no, we're going to go into the bar and I'll have tap beer and stuff. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. Like, this is a normal thing. They're like, bring your Bibles. I'm like, what? This is, and to me, it just messed me up. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't know. I grew up in a place and in a, in a church where to know the Bible, where the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be, you know, don't be, be sober minded and all this stuff. And so when I grew up and knowing those things, and then I come to a church where the pastor is telling everyone, let's go. Wow. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, this ain't for me. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's, it was bad. It, I don't know, man. That's like, that's how it came up, though. Like, that's how the this whole topic yeah. came up, because before that, I had an issue with alcohol. Like, mm -hmm. I was always drinking. 
I just shared with you when I went to Vegas. I was like, I even told my wife when I was out, like, dang, like 10, 12 years ago, I was over there, passed out on that ground, drunk on that ground, you know, um, not remembering anything because I was drunk. Yeah. You know, so I've seen the effects of what it can do to you. I drank all the time and um, I got so drunk sometimes I would gamble my checks away when I lived in Vegas. And it was like, so I know what it does. And so to, to hear leaders in the church, pastors of a church say, hey, let's go have a few. Let's casually drink. Yeah, casually drink, yeah. men on tap. So what's your take on all of this? Okay, so I spoke about in the past how I've dealt with, you know, alcohol and weed and stuff like that. So personally, man, like uh, we kind of talked about it, you know, right before this. Um, if there was like a 12 pack or 24 pack in the fridge, it is going to be gone in one day. You know, I can't just casually have a beer. So someone who's came from addiction and stuff like that, I'm strictly against it. I've seen it, you know, even early stages of my marriage and stuff like that kind of tear things apart. You know, a lot of hurt comes from it, a lot of destruction. Um, and I think that's with um, first Peter we were talking about. Yeah. Um, let's see. First Peter five. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of unbelievers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a a roaring lion that you're kind of playing with, you know, that you're kind of, especially if you're thinking that it's going to bring you closer to God. I mean, it's clearly stated in the scripture to be of sober mind. And you describe w- what sober actually means. Yeah. It means to be to be clear with nothing in its way. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and so that's why I, I like what you said. Even in the scripture I gave you right before, which we heard at church today. Yeah. And it was, uh, so be careful of how you live. I want to read the whole thing because it's Ephesians 5.15. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Yeah. Right. And he says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And I was telling you, well, how do you know what the Lord wants you to do? He says it next. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just that part right there. Don't be drunk with wine. Why? Because it will ruin your life. Yeah. And like for me, I think I've seen this thing, which we call like liquid courage. Right. (laughs) I've seen it ruin so many people's lives. And I think a lot of times is because we go to it to fill a void. Mm -hmm. But he even says here, don't use that to fill the void. How do you fill it by being filled with the Holy Spirit? Mm. And so I think for for the church and just us as believers, we need to start thinking this way that it's not um, like we have to have this mindset to know, like, how do I think clear? Don't be drunk with wine. Don't let anything get in its way of clearly thinking what God wants you to think or to hear from God. Don't let any of those things get in its way. Right. And so for me, I'm sitting here like when I heard that message today, I was like, bro, finally. Yeah. 
like <laughs> someone in church. And so if you don't know, like I do pastor a church, you're like, what you mean at his church? I thought you went to a different church. I went to visit Tim's church today yeah. and I'm on sabbatical. So I thought, I'll like, hey, let's, let's go get the word. I'm on vacation from church, but not from God in Jesus' name. <laughs> but that's the one thing that he was talking about today was being sober minded. Yeah. Right. To, to be clear of thought with nothing in its way so that you can know the will of God. Live out mm. the will of God, right? Hear God's purpose for your life. How do you do that by being sober-minded? Yeah, and I think there has to come a time, you know, as uh, for the church to kind of draw that line. I like that the pastor that spoke today at our church yeah. drew that line in the sand and said, like, here's, we, here's where we stand as a church, you know? There's no, like, in-between. You're either for us or against us kind of thing, you yeah. know, but like there's a clear line drawn in the sand. We don't think that you can casually just have a drink yeah. or, you know, just, you know, have, have a, we talked about in a celebratory stance, you know, yeah. where in the scripture it references um, Jesus turning water into wine. You know, that, that's a lot of one, that's a verse that people use often as yeah. a justification to drink wine and stuff like that. But I don't know the exact detail on what kind of wine he made and yeah. fermented or yeah. not or but I know there's a lot more scriptures that describe being of sober mind. Yeah. And for me like there's no there's no like way to kind of measure that. You can't like weigh out a glass of wine and be like, "All right, this is where if I finish this or if I have an ounce more, that's what's going to get me drunk kind of thing. You yeah. know, we describe different body sizes, different heights and stuff like that. Uh, alcohol affects us differently, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad, you know, like that's what we're doing here on this podcast. We're drawing that line and saying, you know, let's all be in unison. Let's all be united that this isn't good for the body of Christ. Yeah. And I think that's good that you say that because for one, like I'll say this just because I'm a pastor. If you're a leader in a church. Yeah a pastor of a church the Bible tells you clearly do not drink. Yeah. And the reason why is because like for me, just for think about it. I think pastor talked about that today where he was like, imagine if I came up here and was like, Oh guys, I don't know what we're <laughs> going to do today. Like imagine if I was up here at my church and my leaders like, they're like, Hey pastor, what, what do we need to do? Uh, just do whatever you guys feel like it. I don't know. Like what's the, what's your name again? Like what if I was like not clear in mind and I came drunk Who's going to follow me? Yeah. Right. Most people are like, bro, this is crazy. Most people, this is the crazy thing. Most people know it's wrong or they think it's wrong if the pastor was to do it, but they do it themselves. Mm. Right. So they have this different standard for a pastor, which God does. Yeah. But if you have that standard for me, why can't you have it for yourself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's a man of God. Well, didn't you say you're a woman of God? Like, why, why is it okay for you to do it and you have this standard uh, to, to, to drink, but it's not okay for the pastor, right? Yeah. And so for me to say, like, if you're a pastor or a leader, you should not be drinking. Yeah. You shouldn't be pushing people to drink, mm -hmm. right? You, what our job to do is to encourage the body. Yeah. Right. To to put God's wisdom and knowledge inside of them to to ask God to reveal things to them. Our job isn't to get you to go to a bar or go to men on tap or do all these things. Our job is to build you up. And I like what we were talking before we ate what Joey said. It was like mm -hmm. the, the question is, is it edifying you? Yeah. Is it building you up? Yeah. Right. If if that's not building you up, whether it be drinking or smoking, yeah. if it's not building you up, why are you doing it? 
you know what I mean? Like, it's like, all right, what's the point? Let's stop the podcast. <laughs> all right, we're done. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that's, that's a word right there, man. That'll, that'll preach in a lot of different areas of your life. But yeah, man, and we're, we're not like addressing the fact of like people that have stumbled in the past that come from something like that. We're talking about like people that, you know, hey, I had a hard day at work, you know, that, that's a big thing with me, you know, yeah. like construction and stuff like that. It's like, we work hard, you know, we're out there in the sun, we're out there, you know, providing for our families and yeah. stuff like that in a, you know, harsher kind of way, you know, that's the stigma with people that work in construction. It's, you know, we're, we're the manly men, you yeah. know, even though I got no facial hair <laughs> or anything like that, but baby face, <laughs> baby face, but there's that stigma of like, I, I deserve that, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. a, I'm an American, you know, like I, I work, I'm a, I'm a grunt, you know, yeah. and I've, I've fell into that trap in the past, you know, but we're just kind of drawing that line and saying that's, if you want to be, especially a leader in the church, if you want to be someone that, that leads a flock, especially, or has influence in a church, you got to be of sober mind. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you yeah. and use you. And you can't do that if you're, I mean, let's getting down to it, you know, smoking cigarettes, yeah. chewing dip, you know, um, marijuana, all those things, you know, and I've, I've been a part of all those things, but I've denied it, you know, for God so that I could be used, you know? Yeah. And I like that. Like we should clarify this because I think for many people, they're like, well, you guys are just judgmental or like, I'm not judging you whether you yeah. do it or not. That's up to you. What I'm saying is, one, as pastors and leaders, you should not be doing it. Why? Yeah. Because how do I even know if you're thinking right? Yeah. Or how do I know if you're in the right mind, right? How do I know if you're clear of thought, right? If you're drunk or if you're, if you're high or whatever it is, like, how would I know? So yeah. I think God does hold a different standard for that, right? But like you said, people who, who've fallen from that or maybe have, you know, something happened and they just fell just like that, like, I feel like there's God's God's grace is there, right? Yeah. I don't think that like as a as a Christian, if you have a drink, I don't think you're going to hell. I don't that's just my opinion. I don't think God's like, Yep, that's it. You had a you opened that Modelo up, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think Why that's gotta be a Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> well that's all I see most people drink nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> but like for me, I'm like, I don't think God's just gonna like cast you down just like that, right? I do think, though, as believers, we should be progressing. Yeah. We sh if, if you had a problem with um, drugs or alcohol two months ago, yeah, you should be able to look back two months ago and like, man, I used to drink a whole case. Yeah. Now I only drink one. You know, like for me, I had a church member, and I actually had people in my church who like tell me I was wrong for it. She told me, she said, hey, pastor, man, I only had three beers this week she's like but i used to drink a case like long you know a whole case in a day but just this week i only had three i literally was like man I'm, yeah i'm so excited for you Amen. keep going and i had another lady went to the church was like why would you ever do that and i was like what do you mean they're like why would you why would you celebrate and clap your hands for them they they told you they drank yeah and i'm like because they drank a case before and now they're only drinking three. I'm going to celebrate that. Celebrate those little wins. Yeah. And I think that's the problem where churches have today is that we don't celebrate those little wins. You know, I could say maybe that was her problem and her addiction. But the lady who was 
you know, saying all those things. What if her addiction was lying? I could have been like, well, how many times did you lie this week, ma'am? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the same thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And so to me, sin is sin. Yeah. I do think that you should be progressing. You shouldn't be um, as saying you're a believer. I said it earlier. You, you should not be saying uh, I'm a believer, but yet you're of the you're in the world, but also of the world. Yeah. Right. The Bible says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Yeah. We ought to be different. We ought to be standing out. We ought to be set apart. Yeah. But if you keep looking like the rest of the world, then what difference is that? Yeah. You know, and so for me, I, I just think that we as believers in this podcast, I feel like, please, like I said, don't you could cast all the stones you want. It's not going <laughs> to hurt me. I know we all fall short of the yes. glory of God. Like we're, we're not saying we're perfect, but what I'm saying, and, and I want to challenge people who watch this. If you're a believer in God, should you still be drinking? Hmm. Should you still be smoking? Should you still be putting, if the, if your body is the temple of the Holy spirit, hmm. should we be indulging in those things yeah you know what i mean because you're putting those things in should you be putting those things as a roadblock right because if sober mining is being clear and nothing in its way should you be someone who's putting things in its way so you don't hear the purpose of god yeah man and so i do come from like addiction and stuff like that so i think I like that what you said about progression. There's always got to be progression, you know. We all, we got to be able to look back on your track history and be like, okay, you're you're improving, you know, and that's in every area of your life. But I feel like when it comes to the church, when it comes with addictions and stuff like that, you're supposed to go through a program, and then if you come out, you're supposed to be good for the the rest of your life. And which I believe, you know, you you should try, strive your hardest. Or if you don't go through a program. You should be, you, the day you give your life to Christ, like, that's that's where you've been healed. Like, 1,000%, you're not going to go back. But like you said, sin is sin. Yeah. So, but there has to be a practical, I don't think the church has helped in the practical ways to help people that suffer from alcohol and drug addiction and stuff like yeah. that. There's practicalities, you know. They don't talk about working out, exercise, the way you eat, the vitamins you take in, you know. Mm. Because your body has a chemical dependence to your old lifestyle, you know, I believe God heals. I believe in all those things, but there's also some chemical dependency that happens, you know, um, like doing your part in. Yeah. So doing your part and God heals, you know, that that's part of putting your faith into works. Yeah. And then through the process of that, you know, God is healing you. Yeah. So I think that's a, been a failure on the church, but there's some practical things. I think People should, if you are struggling with stuff like that, there's some research that you can do to kind of help you and aid you in your recovery process and stuff. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I, I had a, um, I think it was my wife's cousin or something was talking about how they're trying to stop drinking. Yeah. Right. And so what they would do is they would drink those, uh, what we're drinking right now is those um, clear American sparkling water, but we covered it with the boss. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he would tell me he was drinking the, what do you call it? La Crocs or La Crocs drink the sparkling water. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah like he, he tries to drink those for the fizz. Mm. Because one, he liked to hear the thing go. Yeah. And then he liked to hear the fizz, right? And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, you, you, he's trying to find something to take away the urge, right? And in my mind, I think 
that's a good thing that you, you do those things, right? You, you try to separate yourself. I tell people all the time, what's the best way to get out of addiction? Surround yourself with people, with godly people yeah. or like-minded people who know who God is, right? And so for me, I, I'm, I'm always saying, hey, find people, put them in the right place, um, put them around people. I just told you, like, I want to bring some of my, my cousins down to hang out with some of us, you know, so they can be around godly influence. Yeah. Right. And so I think the biggest thing is to surround yourself with people who, who can like help you progress. Yeah. Who can help you go to another level because life is about progression. We should be wanting to grow more. And I think when we talk about this, this topic of drugs and alcohol, it's something I believe it's a big hindrance in the church. Yeah. Like I, I want to share with our, our viewers. I sent Tim a text while I was on vacation and it was a, it was kind of some like statistics on um, church goers. Mm. And it says church goers, 33% of church goers with evangelical beliefs say they drink alcohol. Right. 51 of those, 51% of those without evangelical beliefs who go to church say they drink alcohol. But then they broke it down to this, and this is where I kind of want to like segue into. So before we end, it's yeah, it's the amount of people or the percentage was so high when we talk about this. It says 51% of those attending a church of 250 to 499. 51% of those people said that they drink alcohol. Man. Right? And then it goes down to 46% of those attending a church of 100 to 249. 36% of those attending a church of 50 to 99. And 32% of those attending a church with less than 50%. 51% of those attending a church of 250 to 500. And it says, as the number of churchgoers go up, the more the numbers go up of drinking. Fifty-one mm-hmm. percent is more than half of the church. Yeah, like to me, that's a lot. That's a lot <laughs> that's of people lot. who go to church and drink. Yeah, that and I don't like to me. I don't know if if God is sitting up there pleased with that statistic. I, I don't know. I can't say that He is. I can't say that He's not. But in my eyes and the way the word of God says, yeah, if if you have 50, if you're saying 51 percent of those, which is half of your church, say it's okay to drink alcohol. I wonder how many of those 51 percent of those are your leaders Mm. and pastors. Right. I I said this before we go is that um, before we we started, it was that it's crazy to me. It's hard to find. I know a lot of churches yeah. Like we're going to go somewhere that I'm like, oh, Lord. But I know a lot of churches and maybe it's my church. I, well, I can't. I'm just not my church. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> because if my leaders drink or smoke, they already know. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of churches who have pastors and leaders who drink and smoke and wow. say that's OK. Wow. I know a lot of churches (laughs) like that. And so this statistic, it even blows my mind because I'm thinking, well, if your pastor is okay with that, then he probably doesn't. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, that's kind of like tough because if I say I fell in, in that area, 
I probably would do something like you and I would be like, hey, man, I feel convicted. I need to go tell this person, hey, man, I'm struggling with this. At least I'm coming to you. Yeah. Right. And telling you if you were the pastor, I'm like, hey, man, I'm dealing with this. But I think a lot of it isn't being confronted in the church. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, we push it under the rug, let it be OK and just live our happy, married life. But no, are we being spiritually mature? Yeah. Are we growing in the things of God? Because that's what this podcast is for, is to help us grow in the things of God. And like I said, we're not judging anybody, like at all. But can I challenge us to say, if 51% of our church people are drinking, are we even doing our job as pastors or as leaders, right? Like, are we even, are we even doing anything right? Yeah. Because then we're expecting a move of God, you know, we're expecting revival, we're expecting all these things, but then the Holy Spirit is being hindered by 51% of people, you know, who think it's okay or either are drinking, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely something that has to be addressed. It has to be um, dealt with, you know, from the core because it's not... It's not that like you spoke on, like, it's not like it's going to keep you out of heaven. Like, we don't know that as a fact, you know, yeah. like if you had one drink today, but we know that it does hinder the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We know that like I can't have a drink and then go and have a good worship session. <laughs> you know, I can't go and, you know, go get on my knees and pray to God. I don't I, I have that conviction in my heart yeah. of like man, God, there's something that's keeping me. I can feel it, you know, it's tangible. Like I can feel it in my spirit that, that is keeping me from God. But yeah, so it it has to be addressed. It has, it can't be going on with leaders. It can't be something that (laughs) I keep thinking of that. What is it? The tap? What'd you call it? Oh, men on tap. (laughs) Yeah, men on tap. Like that can't be a thing that, that happens, you know? That can't be a, the the next group that we start. Young adults, <laughs> we're gonna meet at we're gonna meet at the the five five nine you know beer lounge <laughs> yeah. or whatever you know like that can't be something that becomes very popular. They had a they had a small group women's thing called Beauties in the Bar or something like that. I'm <laughs> like, what the heck is this? Like this is crazy. But I think like we really need to like as church goers right or yeah or if or most of the people are watching either go to church or are christians or believers or uh you know i'm sure you're not gonna watch the christian podcast and be like let me just check in on these guys like most people aren't or are probably believers right yeah if you are to me this is what i'm challenging you like if we say we're filled with the spirit then stop filling yourself with other things mm. right so if you're like I said, if it's if you if being sober minded is to be clear with nothing in its way, stop partaking of things that will be a stumbling block. Yeah. How do I know it's a stumbling block? Because most of the time your wife probably hates that you're doing it. <laughs> right. Your kids hate to see you when you're like that. Yeah. So if that if it's oh, drinking is not bad. Well, how come you don't tell your kids to drink? Hmm. Right. How come there's an age limit that you have to do with it? Yeah. How come when you get pulled over, they breath test you? And if you drink too much, you're going to jail. Why? It's because obviously it's bad. Mm-hmm. It can ruin your life. Right. So if those things can ruin your life, I was like, well, as soon as I got brave, my whole perspective changed. As soon as my son came, I'm like, OK, my whole mind has to change because 
I don't do things for myself anymore. I do things for my future, which is him. Right. And so if I'm trying to impart into him, I want him to make sure he has a godly dad. You know, I I was talking to someone. um, So you already know how I am. We're eating breakfast in Hawaii and people are like sitting close and they're Mm -hmm. all, you know, (laughs) so I was making friends and I went on a walk to go. I think I was going to get like some pokey bowl and um, and I was going and some guy was talking and I actually asked him. I was like, hey, are you from around here? He's like, no, you. I was like, why? Because I got tats. Are you, <laughs> are you racist? No, I'm just like, but I just said, no, I'm not. I'm not from here. And so we started talking. He was like, oh, what do you do for a living? And for some reason, I never say this, but I, for some reason, I was like, oh, I pastor a church. And I've never say that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I pastor a church. And he was like, oh, really? Like his whole demeanor changed. You know, he was like, oh, really? That that's really cool. I was like, yeah. I said, do you go to church? And he goes, sometimes. And I, and I, so I asked him, I said, um, you know what, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Texas. And I said, oh, there's a lot of good churches out there, you know? And he, he said something that kind of messed me up. He said, man, I remember I went to a small group, like it was like a little Bible study, but the pastor seemed like he was drunk. And literally mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? And this is like two days after I think I texted you about, hey, this week we're going to talk about this. <laughs> and I asked him and he said, I said, what do you mean? He was like, no, I thought like he was like drunk or high or something because like he was slurring his words. He didn't even like, he seemed like he wasn't even reading from the Bible. And he said, ever since then, I just stopped going. Yeah. And I was like, bro, that's crazy. Like how can us as who say we're believers and churchgoers mm-hmm. be okay with that? And so I apologize and I say, bro, just on behalf of him, I don't even know who he is. I just forgive the church. That's not how God is. That's Mm -hmm. not how God should be represented. And it made me think of this, like, as when I started thinking about the topic, like, are we presenting God the right way? Yeah. If we were to partake of these things, Mm -hmm. are we representing God to say like, hey, God is good. But he's good at men on tap. Like, he's good with beauties in the bar. Like, no. Like. Is he good without that? Yes, God is still good. And so, like, to me, it just, it opened my eyes because I'm like, I have a different standard that I should, like, my son should be looking at. And then I asked him, I said, so how long did you go to that church after you, you know, went there? He said, I never went back. And this is why I I said all that. He said, because I would never want my kids to hear that. Yeah. I would never want my kids to see that. And I instantly, I was like, that's why you, you do things for your future. Mm-hmm. For your kids so that they can see this is how to be a godly parent. This is how you be a godly man. I could I could tell you right now, I've never seen my dad drink, smoke. I've never even heard my dad cuss. Mm. And I'm 30, I always forget how old I am, 35 years old. <laughs> I've never heard him. I've never heard him abuse my mom. I've never heard any of that. I never heard my mom, see my mom drink, seen her smoke. And so what did that make me realize? Oh, you can serve God and still have fun. Yeah. Like you can serve God and still, you know, live this lifestyle and you have a different standard. It's because my dad always taught me, it was like, you're not yourself when you drink. You know, like those those commercials, they have the sneaker commercial. <laughs> you're not yourself when you're hungry. Yeah. You know, it's like you're not yourself when you drink. And I, I've lived that out. I'm like, I'm sure you weren't yourself when you drank. <laughs> you or can, were you still giggly? Oh, <laughs> no, man, it was. No, I was not myself. That liquid courage and just a lot of bad mistakes, man. There, I mean, al- alcohol. I mean, alcohol for like Native Americans in general. Like, it's been a 
plague on our whole culture you know like dang really that has, yeah man i've done the research on it like it's 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 awful what reservations look like and alcohol and stuff like that and gambling and all those types of di- addictions ha- how it has affected you know our culture and it's it's something that's rooted deep you know that's a, kind of the reason why i struggled with it you know like my mom i'm pretty sure she drank while all of us were pregnant or she was pregnant with us so it's deeply rooted into our culture but you know um generational curses people talk about it but there's a bunch of them but it can be broken in one generation at the same time yeah so i mean just as an encouragement to the viewers and everybody out there if you are dealing i like what you said about you got to surround yourself with people so for me personally, I've come from that kind of stuff. I, I got a mentor that's around me that's been nine, ten years clean, you know, from hard drugs, mm. from, you know, meth and all that type of stuff. You know, you got to surround yourself with people that have, you know, broken that curse, that have yeah. had freedom in that area, you know, because it's possible. I, I think when it comes to people that you find out somebody's comfortable with drinking in the church, you tend to kind of go that way, sway that way. Oh, I want to hang out with them. They they think it's cool. It's yeah. it's okay, you know. And then you got a portion of people in the church that are just stagnant and okay with drinking, and it, that will just continue to grow. Rather, you should hang out with the person that is against it, hundred percent. Draw the line in the sand, and that goes with any area of sin in your life. Yeah, you should strive to be around with people that have had freedom in that area. Yeah, that's good. I like that you said that, like you got to surround yourself with people who've broken that addiction or went through those things. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to a church and you dealing with that stuff, like find somebody in that church that's, yeah. that's dealt with that, that's beaten that thing. Not the people who's like, oh, yeah, you dealt with that. Oh, cool. Me too. Let's go. Let's go talk about it over a couple. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, find people who is like, man come with me and surround yourself with people who will get you out of those things. Yeah. And I think that that is the key thing that we need to express today is like yes it's about drug and alcohol we're not casting any stones we're not judging anybody what we want you to do is to progress to be better right how do you do that surround yourself with people yeah who are like-minded in christ who have faith who can encourage you and empower you to go to another level and so i'm encouraging you who are watching like yeah find people in your life who will help you get to the next level who's not going to take you down. You know, like it it makes me, it reminds me as we close of this story where this guy told me, he said, Hey, you know why they say don't have a crabby attitude. And I was like, no, I don't know why I've heard it, but I don't know why he says, because a crab, what they would do is when they see someone going out and getting taken, they pull you back down. Mm. They try to pull you back down. So anytime you're around people who have crabby attitude, they said, get away because when you're trying to get out of that, they're just pulling you down. Yeah. And so I think for us as believers, like don't be people who, if you're seeing someone trying to get out of an addiction, mm-hmm. don't go and pull them down. Yeah. Don't go and try to bring them back down to the dirt and to all of these things, like help them progress, you yeah. know, help them be better. Like don't, because somebody's succeeding in something, don't try to be someone who's like, Oh no, you, you're not ready for that level yet. Like let God take them to a different level, if you know what I mean. And so, I'm encouraging people who are watching this, man. Like, yeah. like I said, we're, we're not judging nobody. I drank a lot. Um, Tim's drank a lot. You know, we've both had um, issues with it. And yeah. so failures, stumbles, all that. Everything. And 
in the end, God, God is still using us. God is a God of redemption, you know, like I know it's cheesy and corny, but like if you're not dead, you know, God still wants to use you. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. So if you're dealing with anything like that, addiction, struggles, um, surround yourself. And most of all, I mean, get in your word, pray. God will will make that change. You know, he's yeah. doing it in my life. He's done it in yours. Yeah. Like God wants to take us to that next level. God wants, you know, all these things that we want, the revival, the the lives changed, you know, people coming to Jesus, you know, that's the ultimate healing. Um, can't be done if we, we continue to hinder the Holy Spirit. We continue yeah. to allow things in our lives. And I'm, I'm speaking to myself, you know, as yeah. I'm thinking about this, I'm encouraging myself. That's why, like, God has put people in my lives, you know. The person that spoke at our church today, he's been clean for years and he's my boss you know my mentor and my boss i've been through the those things you know and god does that you know for a reason you know to help strengthen me one day i will be in that same position where i can say i've been you know so so many years clean and god is using me so that's so cool how you can work with someone who's dealt with what you went through Mm -hmm. and he's also a believer he's a pastor and so it's crazy how God will place you in certain positions yeah. to help you overcome something that has been a stumbling block. Yeah. And he uses people that already overcame that. Yeah. And so that's the great thing about God is he uses you in and puts you, places you in, in a certain area in life where you can get through those things. And so, like I said, just surround yourself, man. We've surrounded yep. ourselves with people, like-minded people. Yep. Um, godly people and I just feel like for us just surround yourself if you want to beat the addiction of of um, alcohol and drugs yeah all you got to do is surround yourself with people you got to get in your word pray read your bible every day pray every day um, worship your way through things when you have an addiction whatever it is whether it be uh, pornography we yeah. have to go there one day too like yep. pornography or as a topic or something but um, as, as I close, this is what a pastor told me one time. He said, if you're dealing with any kind of addiction, what you do is while you're doing the addiction or before you even get to do the addiction, just say, God, I thank you for your love and your grace. Mm. People would be like, bro, that's crazy. He said before he would watch porn, he would usually he would go and turn it on and say, God, I thank you for your love and your grace. And what he did was he invited God to come into that place to when every time he turned it on, he started feeling conviction. Yeah. He said after the third time or fourth time, he was like, bro, I can't even turn this on. It's a progression thing. It's not, it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to be like, put down the alcohol. It may, it may, maybe it's a miracle that God just says you never picked it up again, but maybe he's going to use steps to say, Hey man. And when I, when I heard that, it helped me overcome. I remember when I was drinking a lot in Vegas, I used to say that every time I popped a bottle of Hennessy, I always would say, God, I thank you for your love and your grace. I did something similar. There's a song that by a rapper called Seven, and, oh, he, yeah, and he has seven. a song that says, uh, Blow My High. And I would play that, and it just talks about, you know, he's, he's drunk right now. He knows he should be reading the scriptures. He knows he should be in the word, but, mm. you know, God, blow my high. Take this away, you know, like I don't want to feel good the way that I feel right now. Like I invite you into what in the middle of my addiction, I invite you. And that's, that's weird to say, you know, when, you know, like from from churchgoers and stuff like that, but like 
God is with you in every moment, you know, God is timeless. He's outside of time, you know? So he knows the person that you're going to become. That's good. And the devil's trying to hinder that in that moment, but God knows he sees before you. So, so blow our high. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tim's out here rolling, blow my high. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like that's, that's our encouragement for y'all, man. Like like we said, we weren't uh, casting stones or anything. We just want y'all to know like, it is a problem as far as drinking and leadership and pastors. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that. And if you got something to say, you can say it. <laughs> like, yeah. But it is wrong for leaders and pastors to do it. But what I want to challenge believers or churchgoers, 51% of a church should not be drinking. Like, just to be honest, like that statistic I showed earlier, it said 51% of these churches are drinking. That should not be the statistic. Yeah, It should be more than 51% are filled with the spirit, speaking in tongues and, and praying over people. Like that right. should be a statistic, not 51% of your church drinks every weekend. Yeah. Like that should not be the statistic. And so I'm challenging people, believers, churchgoers, man, getting your word, uh, progress. Look back at this time next year when you look back and say, man, I'm thankful I heard that podcast because last year I was drinking 10 while I was yep. doing that podcast. But this year I haven't drank any. Yeah. You know, and, and if that's your problem that you've been dealing with, whether it be drinking or any other addiction, I'm telling you, we serve a God who can free you from any addiction. Like the Bible says, anything that has a name has to bow down to the Amen. name of Jesus. And so that's what we speak over you is Jesus over your situation, over your addiction, whatever it may be, man. Like we said, Timmy B's here, people. We love y'all. We're not judging nobody. <laughs> and we just love to love people. You got any last words, Tim? No, man. Uh, I would say just continue to comment, like, subscribe, do all that stuff because this is going to be an encouraging podcast, man. Our goal is to encourage people. Our goal is to help you along your walk. If you're newly come to God or if you're further along in your walk, our goal is to encourage you, to edify you, to use scripture. You know, we're not just spitballing, you know, whatever we think. Yeah. We're, we're trying to use scripture to edify in the body of Christ. So, yeah, yeah man. That's good, Tim. And I enjoyed today, man. Blow my high. <laughs> That's a bomb, <laughs> bomb song I need to listen to right there. But man, if y'all dealing with anything, feel free to hit us up yeah. on, on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever it is. We'll pray with y'all, uh, whatever it is, man. If y'all have any, any questions or concerns, whatever it is, we want you guys to feel like you guys are part of this boss podcast. And so yeah. we love y'all. We just pray God's favor and blessing upon every single one of y'all who are watching. Like Tim said, like, subscribe, comment, and let's get this thing going. We love y'all. We're out.